Pickaxe. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to the Triforce podcast. This week it's an archive show because uh, Sips is busy doing babysitting or something like that and P-Flex is taking his car to the mechanic or something like that. I am here on my own. So this is actually an archive podcast. I know you guys love these. Um, it's me and Sips chatting on Team Devil Dragon for the next hour. I hope you enjoy it and have a good time. Back. So I read an internet article oh, yeah. that Reddit, said the right? average keyboard is has like ten times as much like fecal matter on oh, it than the average so toilet gross. seat. That is because really no gross. one ever cleans their keyboard. No, and they don't wash their hands. I guess. So Do you ever get fact, that thing on your keyboard where you get like what? a horseshoe shape of like dried up Pringles dust? Sort of like what the con- fuck congealed. are you talking about? Well, I'm just saying. I mean, sometimes I don't clean my keyboard either, and maybe sometimes I don't wipe my hands after I eat. So you get <laughs> <laughs> what kind of horseshoe shape, though? What are you it's talking like, about? You know, like your finger on the key. It's like you know when you put your finger on the key. It's like it's like the <laughs> it's like the outside of like the tip of your finger. So it like sort of makes a. <laughs> <laughs> what around the up arrow yeah yeah sure around the up arrow yeah <laughs> you know what i'm saying what the fuck no you never had that fuck no. I'm, I'm a filthy asshole well my key i mean to be fair my keyboard is pretty clean right now i've like started cleaning it more but at one point at like a really low point in my life i'm pretty sure that there was like a congealed horseshoe of like pringles and cheetos dust on Possibly the two key, which was my flash heel key. <laughs> it was yesterday. Back in the day. Yeah, no, it was yesterday, for sure. Yeah. Oh, my God. Just so everyone knows, I, I, I'm not um, as gross. We are not as gross as we make out. In fact, <laughs> we're pretty... No, I, I don't want to say we are any kind of ocd because we're not right Man, no I'm, way i'm pretty um, gross that's an actual thing that a lot of people a lot of people are like oh i'm all ocd about this when they're clearly not no i um, mean it is seriously debilitating in your life about yeah it. being um, anal is is not having ocd ocd will cripple aspects of your life uh and yeah and, pr- and, and potentially ruin parts of your life because it's it's a compulsive and, yeah, and disorder. reading a reddit article that says keyboards have shit on them more than your toilet seat making you want to clean your keyboard once that doesn't make you ocd okay that's fairly normal um so yeah so i i do try and clean stuff that i think is a bit gross i'm one of these people who won't like touch the um handle of the of like toilet stools and stuff oh, if shit, i can avoid yeah. it what do you do do you just use like a bit of do you carry like wipes with you for that, or do you just use toilet paper? Because arguably, there's a lot of shit on the thing that holds the toilet paper in 
public toilets. And not only that, maybe on the toilet paper itself. Like, I don't know I how many people to, have been in there waving who, their dick and their ass around. I get thing. a couple of sheets of loo roll and use that to, like, lock the door or, like, unlock. Yeah, see, see what I mean? I, when think, I'm you, I, I think you should consider actually carrying around some antibacterial wipes. That sounds like a good idea. Because you are a dad, right? So yeah. you now have to have a handkerchief in your pocket okay, in no, case no. A, a child gets a nosebleed no. or something <laughs> gets spilled and you have to wipe it up. Are Handkerchiefs are you serious? are so useful. We have my like dad a fucking suitcase. The day we have a suitcase that we take everywhere with us that has every possible thing a child could ever need at any what given... What are you talking about? Because that's have what you suitcase. do when you have kids. It's what, not like re- a fucking defibrillator? It's What's not, in there? It's not a suitcase. It's like a big fucking bag that has like diapers in it uh wipes bottles like fucking soothers like everything it has everything in it so no i'm not gonna put a fucking handkerchief in my pocket i'm just gonna put it in the bag with all the other shit that we carry around everywhere tough shit you're gonna have to no you're gonna have to at some point it's gonna tick over i'm not gonna do it and your age is gonna tick over and you're gonna think you know what i need today a handkerchief and then do you know what I'm going to buy you hand- a pack of handkerchiefs when, when I come over next. And you're going to say, actually, Lewis, goddamn, do you know what? I've been using that handkerchief you gave me every day. It was so useful. Yeah. You're you going to get my initials embroidered on that as well? Uh, yeah. What are they? I'm not telling you. Uh, I don't want that shit. Okay. I'm they're not too bad. Use I, just wa- I just want, I, I didn't want to, if I, I couldn't get them for Frank Underwood, for example. <laughs> Frank, Frank Underwood. Yeah. Yeah. Get me a handkerchief with, with Frank Underwood's initials embroidered into it that would be nice <laughs> that would be really good and I'd and as a, as a joke when you come over you're like all right come on sips let's see the handkerchief and i pull it out and there's just a big shit stain on it <laughs> there you go i've wiped and that's what you got it. when you wiped your keyboard down i wiped my keyboard and i wiped a big log of shit off my keyboard Anyway, listen, listen, listen when we're going to come back next time, you Lewis, never and we're going to talk about something a little bit nicer than congealed Cheeto residue on my keyboard and shit and wiping my the ass hand with a handkerchief, okay? is multi-purpose. It is, it is like the wipes before there were wipes. You know, my dad always had a handkerchief. It was always there for emergencies, you know? There was always some emergency. You could put it tight over your head like a hat, you know? You could, um, you know, use it for all sorts of things that I can't think of now, but he found ways. It's a dad tit handkerchief thing. We're not going to talk about it anymore. Well, we try and we try and bring you these cultured discussions here on Team Double Dread, Double Dringles, whatever we are. But Team Donnie Darko. So we try. We tried to bring you some cultured discussion about books. Um, yeah. And good books, bad books, reading books. I advise you check out some books. They're good. They're good for you. Yeah. Made books a paper. Are good for you. Get some paper yeah. ones. They're fun. Get uh, one on your Kindle. But we ended up talking about poop and handkerchiefs. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Amongst but there's other a lot things. of poop in your life at the moment, Sips, because of the baby. Well, it's true, actually. There is a lot of poop in my life. Not like bad poop. It's like, you know, baby poop isn't that bad, actually. It's like pretty buttery and like doesn't really smell like poop. Um, it gets everywhere not, though, but I guess there's not too much. Is oh, there's a lot of it. Is it like sand? It just gets everywhere, or is it? Um, no, it's like when you have a diaper. Sometimes that diaper just isn't enough to hold the torrent of matter that oh. escapes one's butt. <laughs> so you imagine like 
how can I best explain this? Do imagine you have? Imagine you yourself are wearing a diaper. I don't really okay? want to hear this, but carry on. Fine. <laughs> okay, you're, no, you've, you've taken well, the time to delicately compose this. I'll listen to you. I'll hear you okay, out. Okay, fine. So there you are wearing a diaper. Okay. Now let's imagine that this diaper is made out of rubber, see-through rubber. Is very tight fitting. Okay, you can barely like squeeze it on to yourself. This right? is a normal weekend for me. Carry on. Yeah, and you you just do like the biggest diarrhea you've ever done in your life while those are on. Okay, I there's mean, not we'll a lot a of wiggle room straight through the rubber. No, no, no. Okay, so this is the thing. No hole is being punched anywhere. Okay. Okay. So, and this thing is really tight, right? Like, there's not a lot of like wiggle room for you. So is it like thing. blowing up like a balloon, like like swell swelling up and no? Because I mean, it's, your your like life isn't pop. isn't a cartoon, contrary to popular belief. So <laughs> it's not blowing up like a balloon. No, what's happening is the shit just shoots upwards out the back of your rubber underpants, <laughs> all up your back and onto your shirt and everything else as well. That's how babies shit. Okay. Right. And that's why nobody likes it when a baby takes a shit, especially when you're out in public. And babies and children just have this, like, sense. They have, like, this sixth sense for doing stuff at the most inconvenient times, okay? Like, you're at a funeral. It's at, like, the really, really sad part where, like, (laughs) you know, they start playing, like, the Barry Manilow. They're like, oh, Sheila loved Manilow. And then, you know, it's it's not unusual. You know, it starts playing and everybody's fucking crying and everything. And and you're just sitting there going, like, shit, do not shit your pants right now. No. And you look over and your baby is making that face that you know that the shit is coming out. And you're just like, oh, no. (laughs) No, not during Manolo. That's what you make. <laughs> not the noise. That's the funeral. same noise you make when you take a shit as well, strangely. Well, yeah, that, I know, uh, but that's a relief. In this case, not much of a relief, actually. If if anything, you're just like... But on the other hand, if you didn't really like Sheila that much, or you're not a fair fan of Barry Manilow uh, being blared across like a church, because it's like modern day now, you know? Like back in the day... Used to go to like a church church service for a funeral, and they'd play like hymns and stuff. No, now they play like El Devo and like you know like popular songs because people like those songs nowadays. Like when they pass away, so it's like it's kind of weird. It's kind of awkward sometimes. So maybe you don't like the artist that they're playing across the church, and your baby's done shit in their pants. Kind of like a free pass to get out of there, you know? What what do what do what did you what did people do before? Like wet wipes and nappies. Oh god, I think they used like reusable diapers, like cloth ones. Oh, and they boiled them which, up. Yeah, they boiled them up, and ugh. I mean, if you're like really like ecocentric or whatever, I think people still do that. Oh, okay. I mean, I like the environment as much as the next guy, but fuck having like a hamper <clears throat> filled with like <laughs> shitty cloth. In my house. Like, no fucking way. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta draw the line somewhere. (laughs) Jesus. I like the environment (laughs) as much as the next guy. But that environment isn't shitting all in my house. That's right. I like the environment as long as it's not shitting in my house. Pretty much. 
That's a That's good way to think about anyway, it. Anyway, do you have? We have to talk about books got... now, Lewis. We 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 were going to talk about books, right? No, do you know what we can talk about? You know, you talked a little bit about a funeral there. I I don't know. I'm not a dad. Okay, um, I'm not. Do you wish parent. you were a dad sometimes? Uh, sometimes you listen to my tales of being a dad, and you think, man, you know, being a dad would be pretty fun. And it cements my desire not to be a dad. Yeah. No, it's um, fun. It's fun to just like see other people's kids once or twice a year, and and then you're like, yeah, you know, that's enough for me. I'm glad I I I, I don't have to deal with this. <laughs> I'm glad I never have to <laughs> eat, yell at my own children. Oh. Do you? Oh my gosh! I just well, well, I mean, I'm just still a bit sort of sort of surprised by the whole bath of shit thing, really. But we'll we'll go away from that. It's just. I, I guess I would just have kind of um, it's just like, like a having spray, your own tub girl, a water spray, and I just like you know like one of those things that you spray flowers with, like a squirty, like, yeah, like a little like um, pss, 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 yeah. I just things. spray that all over. I just like 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 like, like you do to a dog when it's bad. Like, <laughs> pss, pss, get out of here! <laughs> Stop shitting! Stop shitting all the time. You can't do that to kids because, like, somebody will come over and take your kids away if you do that. Who? Well, like the authority. How are they going to know? Well, because somebody always tells them. But who? I don't know. Okay, they've got. I'm still trying to figure it out. Government spies. Anyway, I'm not suggesting you spray your children in the face to <laughs> stop them pooping. I was I suggesting you, you used it as a kind of clean off, like you know, you hold them up, like, and you, your wife holds them up, and you just like it's almost like a, a shower for a baby, right? You know what you really need? What? You need the scene from 12 Monkeys where those guys are power washing Bruce Willis. <laughs> that's what you need. <laughs> that, that, that's the ideal, I think. That'll, that's get, the, that'll, that'll get them really clean. That's the safest way to clean your kids, I think. A little bit controversial at the same time. And I think probably you could get taken to court. Today we have a man and a woman accused of power washing their children. <laughs> the ba- Industrial grade power washer. Babies are very um, <laughs> fragile in many ways, aren't they? But also they're yeah. sort of quite... Um, they're, they're, they're kind of fairly... Well, they're, they're sort of supposed to be fairly durable. Like, babies do get dropped. I'm sure I was dropped a few times as a baby. And I, I don't know whether you, well, you've dropped your children from... No, from, I... I'm pretty sure pipe. never actually. Okay. I mean, you you actually go out of your way to make sure you don't drop them, even though people sort of say like, eh, you know, they're, they're, <laughs> no they're says, like, they're uh, like jello. It's okay. it's okay. That's 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 typical of a baby dropper to say that to try to justify <laughs> their past <laughs> dropping infringements. No, I've never dropped a child. Well, neither I don't have intend I. on ever dropping a child. Okay, because. That's pretty bad to do, actually. I'm glad I'm glad we're getting this stuff out here. The other thing I read, which I'm not sure is true, okay, would be, say, for example, uh, you bring your kids. Now, I don't know how old this affects, this works on, but I think maybe when they're younger, it'll work okay. Is if you go to, for example, a funeral and everyone is all, like, mega sad and, like, bursting into tears yeah. and, like, and really upset. Fucking, you know, straight straight away... You know what's coming next. That fucking Sheila loved Manilo so much. Yeah. Now we got to bust some out. (laughs) 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 Oh, God. Man, I feel so jaded, but like, I don't know. Like, 
I I I feel like funerals are are too tacky nowadays. For like, a long time, I thought Barry Manilow was black. <laughs> wow, <laughs> man. I mean, he virtually is now. He's so tanned, like it's crazy. <laughs> but yeah. uh, so, sorry, so you're at a funeral, right? And imagine it was Barry Manilow's funeral, and so instead, everyone was having a great time and a good fun time. That would be what the kid would feel. Well, because that's you what they say now time. about funerals, don't they? It's like, you guys, it's a celebration of life. You know, don't be sad. You know, just because Sheila got ran over by a train, let's celebrate her life. Like, still can't get over the whole train part. You know, Sheila getting dismembered under under a train. It was, it's kind of upsetting, but they, you know, I guess, like, there's a lot of business behind funerals now, too, right? Like funeral homes and oh they're a big racket though as oh, well they're one of these horrible man. things they're on this yeah. list of things that are kind of quite i want to say scammy you know yeah like how much did you love sheila do you think you want to go with like the all-inclusive mahogany coffin or you just want like a cardboard box with packing tape around it you know <laughs> <laughs> how much did you love her really <laughs> it's it's like kind of mean isn't it yeah it is uh, well, so we just go with the sh- we'll just write her name in a sharpie well, on the cardboard you know, box. We, yeah. we did a whip round, and not a lot of people really donated. So yeah, I think we're gonna go for the cardboard box. Uh, we got our own packing tape, though, so we don't need any of that. <laughs> Jesus, we got yeah. some old wrapping paper we can use. <laughs> it's pretty fucking grim, isn't it? It is. So whoa, I sort. I guess what I was sort of trying to say was that. Babies and children will sort of follow the mood of their 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 parents. That's right. Yeah, they pick up on your mood. So if if something kind of, I think it's hard to sometimes hide your mood too. You know, if you're upset, it's going to be very yeah. hard to upset, to hide that. But at the same no, time, yeah. you can. <laughs> yeah. Um. With Prozac. <laughs> it's yeah. well. You I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. Fuck it out. No, me neither. <laughs> yeah, I mean, funerals are a racket, but also yeah. weddings are a big racket. Oh, yeah, weddings are a bit of a they racket. They are too. incredible. It's a price sink oh, where you're expected yeah. to do all these bizarre things to do oh, from, God, the, from yeah. the place to the amount of people you invite, from the dress to the DJ. Yeah. It is. An absolute. You went to one. Nightmare. Well, you've been to a couple recently, haven't you? I've been like to a few weddings. In the past, weddings. like two, three years, you've been to a couple. Yeah, I'm. I'm not a fan. I'm Do you not have a fan. any fun stories from those? Like, did you accidentally have sex with the bride or anything like that? You know. Uh. Ooh, no. I can't say. Uh, no. Even if I had, you I don't I kiss think, and tell. How do you feel about weddings and marriage in a modern? society <clears throat> well honestly when it's your own it's different because it's like you know you do it because you do it for yourself to make things official and stuff but you do it because you've got family and stuff as well right it's think, a celebration yeah. and people want to like take part in that but i think that a lot of the shit that happens at weddings and the things that are expected of people that they have to do and stuff like that nowadays not only is it really fucking expensive and it's like a billion dollar industry, uh, so there's a lot of like pressure, you know, like consumer pressure for you to partake in all this fucking bullshit. Um, it's 
Yeah, I, I don't I don't agree with that side of it. I mean, I think if you're putting together a little sort of party for like your family and your loved ones to get together and celebrate something that's nice or whatever, that's pretty cool. But, you know, like if you're getting like a fucking Hummer limo with like neons on the bottom and your wife has been crying for two weeks about her wedding dress and all that kind of shit, it's like, well, I don't know. Maybe those parts of it aren't like the best. I think, although having said that, a Hummer limo is pretty fucking sweet. A wedding and, and marriage are, are different things. I think that a wedding, expensive wedding, and by extension, marriage is a little bit like a New Year's resolution to go to the gym or paying for a gym membership. So, it, in order to 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 be faithful or to be, or to, so a lot of people might treat it as a thing where they say, "Okay, I'm going to make this cost. I'm going to make this payment. I'm going to take this this this." I've sunk enough costs, you know. We're gonna we're gonna go and we're gonna book a honeymoon. We're gonna pay for all this stuff, and then that's it. I'm that's that's gonna cost me so much that I'm never gonna be unfaithful again. I'm I'm kind of gonna. Do you know what I mean? I think there's there's still a certain stigma attached to stuff, and you know you'll 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 you you know the two of you will go somewhere with a, with a kid, and everyone will assume you're married. It's and if the, if you're not then people will start thinking, it's oh, a bit weird. You know, it, it's still kind of, it's not a religious thing. You know, you didn't marry for any kind of religious reasons. Why did you get married? You know? Oh, because we're both religious and oh. um, it was like the next step. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Well, yeah, no, we got married. Well, I mean, partly, I think if we, if we both grew up in the same country, we wouldn't have gotten married um, as young as we did sort of thing because i mean i lived in canada and my wife lived over here oh, yeah. and really the next step if we you know if we wanted to actually live together and not have to get visas and shit like that you know getting you married, married was for like green card sips of course you did no there's no green cards over here like i still have a canadian passport it's like a you know it's like dual citizenship sort of thing so yeah shit is um shit. yeah shit is i have people saying that as well yeah no so do i but uh it's not like um you know it's just it's just like a it's it's not the only reason you do it but it is definitely you know if you're not from the same country it's something that you sort of have to think about at some point um especially you know if you if you don't want to have to like continually go back to your country of origin for stretches of time only to then just come back and stuff like that like it's it's kind of annoying like we had to do it for a while and it was like pretty annoying so well i don't know i mean i didn't realize that it was a uh, a visa thing, after all, you know. I, I knew I knew you were a big fan of of the UK, and I knew you. I love Visa. You know. I mean, I hate Mastercard, so uh, I was thrilled. Uh, thrilled to get <laughs> no, but, a Visa. Uh, but uh, I don't. I don't know. It's it's difficult because I think marriage is is classically this this kind of religious thing, and yeah. much like a lot of things in in our society, like Christmas. You know, I think a lot of the time the religious stuff has kind of been stripped out, but we like what they represent, um, yeah. and we like and we're we're happy. Most people are happy to continue. Wait, do what did Jesus not want me to just get a ton of Nintendo games for Christmas? Is that not <laughs> was that not the Jesus the loves you very much. <laughs> You've been a very I, good Jesus, boy this year. I decree every girl and boy across the land shall receive Nintendo games on this day. 
oh. delicately wrapped and placed under the fireplace by an imaginary man. What do people get these days instead of Nintendo games? Well, I guess they, they just get, get PlayStation like games, PlayStation right? 4 games. Yeah. They just get like Call of Duty and stuff like that, don't they? That's, that's sad. That's sad. <laughs> it's Monday. We had a weekend. I was in the club. All weekend. I was, I was busting a move like pretty hard, like I usually do. And um, yeah, then I just broke my femur and well, the rest is history. There was no bass drop for me on this weekend because Break, that's breaking what your femur is no mean yeah. feat, Sips. It's the biggest bone in the human body. Did you know that? I know. I it's busted actually, it hard though. It might not be. It's certainly yeah. uh, I, I mean what? there's a bigger bone in my body than that, but it's the longest bone in the body and the yeah. strongest and bone the in the body. As well. I don't think yeah. it's the biggest technically, but it's the strongest <laughs> and the longest and the girthiest. <laughs> it's really <laughs> good. It is tough to break your femur because my brother broke his and it was very, very bad. He broke it when he had a car crash. So you have, you have to you have For to real? be pretty yeah you have to be pretty you have to it's pretty tough to break it. It's pretty bad when you break it as well because it's um, yeah it's uh, you don't it's have pretty big uh, old bone. like a backup. You know, like when you um when you lose a kidney, you got a backup, right? Yeah, but you know, there's there's definitely parts of your body where there's no backup, you know. Once you've once you've lost it, that's it. You're done. There is oh. another femur in your other leg, though. Is there? Yeah, you got two legs, Sips. Oh yeah, of course you do. Yeah. <laughs> what about people that have only one though? Which do you think the femur was? Do you think it was like the <laughs> ass bone or something? I never really thought about it actually. <laughs> so like it's the big my, upper leg my bone. My knowledge, my knowledge of a femur comes from. Um, <laughs> Roleplay games because you always find one, don't you? Yeah, always, the dinosaur. Like, you know, femur. you always find one in a in a treasure chest. Like it's that with, classic with other bone stuff. that it's you that see a caveman using as a club, right? It's got that knobbly right, bit yeah. on the end that goes into your hip. Yeah, and so they like fashion it into a club. Well, I mean, I never actually thought about it beyond that, though. That's and that's the truth. It's your I don't know upper. Why. It's the bit between your knee and you, it's connected to your hips. Yeah. It's big, yeah. big old bone, big old boner. Why isn't it in the song big though? Old you know, like boner. I want to know where you think it was. To the this bone and that bone's connected to the femur. <laughs> like it, it's not in the song, so it's <laughs> like a Simpsons version. No, but there probably <laughs> is a song of that, like a realistic version of that song. The the bone song. Maybe. What's that called? Maybe. What's the bone song called? The, the bones dem, song. dem bones. It's, I think it actually is just. Is it dem bones? Roll yeah. dem bones. Dem bones. Dem bones. Dem. But I don't know. Is that? That's not a thing, though. Is it dem bones? Uh, it can't be. Say it ain't so. Which? Where does the dem bones start with? What does What does dem bones start the song with? Which bone? I think it starts like um, it's like, like a musical bone, start. Does it start with no, no. Does like, it start at the there's top no or lyrics the to start with. It goes like no. That wait a sec. That's not even. <laughs> that's not it. That's a different song altogether. Man, I, for some reason I don't know why, but do you ever remember being scared of the Muppets when you were smaller? Um, do you think there's like a stage in your life? that you get to that's a bit awkward where you're scared of the Muppets and you sort of have to overcome that 
fear before you can fully embrace and enjoy the Muppets? I think but when you don't know anything, you are suddenly... You, I think when you're very young, when I was very young, I was scared by strange stuff that maybe you'd think, well, why would kids be scared by that? But I think it's a little bit like that Uncanny Valley. You know, you know what the Uncanny Valley is? No, I don't know what that is. Is that so, is that something like Twilight? Um, and well, when I say is that something like Twilight, I mean it in the sense that <laughs> Twilight is something I've heard about many times, but I've never actually seen before, and I have no intention of seeing either because I know what it is, sort of thing. And I feel like maybe Uncanny Valley is a little bit like fuck. R- wow. Okay. Well, there's a lot to take in there, but basically. Um, Uncanny Valley Take me on is, a trip. is this <laughs> it's basically a, a, a thing that theorizes it's the reason why um, we're scared of, of things that like zombies it, well, oh, basically, it's not a TV show basically we, we, are, we are encoded to have a revulsion when it comes to dead bodies okay genetically we are supposed to be I mean I don't have that does that mean there's something wrong with me because actually, um, I get sexually aroused by them. Is that? But oh, that means probably that there's something wrong with you. Yeah. But basically, there's, there's kind of this this graph, okay, um, of uh, human likeness versus how much we like them, and and it kind of it slowly goes up towards um, so stuff something that looks human like, and then then animals, and then like humans. So so basically, Wait, there's hum- a chart. Of which bodies you prefer to see dead? Is no, that what you're trying to tell things, me things like your response to them, your oh right, okay, your your attract your familiarity and attraction to them. So, for example, <laughs> right, you can tell, even though like a corpse is very very close to a live human, your you can tell the hu- like our genetics make us have this automatic response towards them. Um, it's kind of this weird thing, but basically. It's the reason why sort of these um, these these non-human dolls sometimes can look extremely creepy, um, oh, and it's yeah. because they're in this uncanny valley region where they're they're clearly oh. not a human to us, but because they're just slightly different, we see them in the same sort of creepy vein. I mean, as like when a, you a said uncanny body. valley, I I immediately thought, is that a computer game or like? <laughs> Like, it sounds like the name of a computer game. Or it sounds like a crappy American TV show. Yeah. It does, yeah. That's why I sort of mentioned Twilight, because, I mean, that's kind of a crappy American TV show too, isn't it? From what I know of it. Like what do you I know said, about I've never seen it Twilight? What, but what do you know it's about like it? A, it's like a teen vampire drama. Yeah. Like, it's like Dawson's Creek with vampires. It's like uh, One Tree Hill with vampires instead I think of it's, just it's kind normal of... 35-year-olds pretending to be 16-year-olds as they do in the American teen I, dramas. I, 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 think, I think the way I think of it, I think the Dawson audience... was like 40 years old, right? <laughs> for fuck's sake. The audience overlapped with the audience for Fifty Shades of Grey, right? On Twitter. No, shut up. I think it did. I think um, I think Fifty Shades of Grey was more like mine and your mum. That was the audience. 
I think you know, Twilight like, is kind of like older women. girls. Is it? Yeah. I like vampires. I like sexy vampires. I mean, I True they, Blood. It's like emotional porn. It's kind of like. Oh. It's kind of. She is like this open, empty shell character, the main character from Twilight. Right. And is her name Twilight? Put themselves. No. Oh. <laughs> women are supposed to put themselves in her shoes. But she's a funny one because she falls in love with both the most. You know, most attractive, sparkly vampire, but also yeah. a really buff the, the werewolf. The bad boy, too. Yeah. Right. And it's... So she she's double dipping in the love department. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of, I think, to some extent... The appeal. Everybody a, a, secretly appealing. wants to double dip. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess so. Everyone wants her, you know? And right. uh, it's... I mean, do you think that... You She's, when you watched it, did you want her too? Was well, it like you, it's a, not it's not necessarily about her. She's because she's right. an empty shell, right? But it's it's kind of like I think of it as like one of these Japanese dating video games, right? Where you're just a sort of empty character, and you can date the mysterious and aloof, sparkly, you know, vampire. Yeah, and you can also go date someone else, and oh, but they're all troubled. And oh, they've got things, but but you can but but what kind of things though? Like, is it like oh, damn my abilities, damn, damn (laughs) his vampire tendencies, popularity, and radiant good looks? It's really difficult. Yeah, I don't know. Talking about talking about Twilight, when neither of us really have read it. No, I mean it's one of these things that like I've I've never seen before, and it's like kind of old now too, isn't it? Like. Is the thing about like this? Twilight, yeah, well, when the film came out in 2008 or whatever, I remember... <laughs> yeah, 2008, that sounds about right. The That's old already. I remember the loads of dads kind of accidentally being tricked into going to it, saying, oh, it's a vampire movie. Then they thought it was going to be like Blade or something, you know, and all their daughters would take them to see, to see Twilight. I and, feel like um, I have to be careful were, about this stuff horrible. because... What? I would go see Blade. Like, I saw Blade in the theaters and Blade 2, and I thought that was awesome. But, like, I wouldn't want to see a vampire romance in the theaters, especially with, like, my kids. That would be awkward as shit. Like, I need to be careful. I need to be careful (laughs) about the kind of things that my kids are going to drag me to in the future, especially, like, my daughter, because, you know, I don't want to end up going to, like, Twilight... 10 the movie or whatever <laughs> she's old enough to go see that kind of stuff hopefully she's just not into that sort of stuff you know hopefully she's just into i don't know ghostbusters and <laughs> you know all the stuff my son's into pretty much that'd be great yeah well there's this i mean the thing is like you are with them a good proportion of the day but you can't control really the other people they meet especially at school families other friends other people that affect their life and and all who you know i'm sure that you and me have the same in that that our lives were not influenced very much by our parents um it just happens that there's all sorts of influences on you and some of them stick some of them don't our brains are very elastic and and our desires and things change and are influenced based on the people we meet and we meet a lot of people so 
True. And, and, and also the, the, the books you read, the things you see, blah, blah, blah. The opposite, of course, is when you, when you get something like... Um, there's a documentary called The Wolf Pack about this oh, yeah. family of, um, I think, seven kids who were basically confined in their apartment. They sort of they, they weren't allowed out, and they were homeschooled in there. And oh, that shit is crazy. They learned about the world basically through watching movies. Um and so they're just kind of a bit bit mad. <laughs> they were a bit mad. I mean, I've learned a lot of the world by playing video games. So like, yeah. you know, and I'm fine. There's nothing wrong with me. So I think, you know, more par- mo- more, mo- more more power to them. <laughs> more poor to them. <laughs> so there's this thing which I thought was really interesting. Uh, do you remember the Bone Wars? Did you ever hear about the Bone Wars? Bone Wars? It's a thing I heard about on the old QIL podcast, which oh, I'm yeah, a Oh, yeah, you're fan a big of. fan of all that stuff, yeah. But why, why do you listen to that stuff? Apparently, like, it's just as bad as we are. Like, they're completely wrong. Um, turns out every, every episode is just a lot of the stuff they say every is Every episode is just... Nonsense, but yeah. yeah, so the Bone Wars was really interesting because there were these two guys, Edward Drinker Cope, okay, of the Academy no. of Natural Sciences in Philadelphia, and Othniel Charles Marsh of the Peabody Museum of Natural History at Yale. I love the word Peabody. Sorry, actually. this guy's last name is Drinker Coke? Drimp, drinker Cope, yeah, Drinker Cope, not Coke. Oh, sorry, <laughs> I thought you said drinker, drinker Coke. I was like, I... Immediately I, called I snuck bullshit. In I thought some I thought you were going to tell some sort there, of some stupid low level dad joke or something. Ad, no. Yeah. So Eddie, we'll call him Eddie. Eddie Drinker Coke, and Eddie Drinker Charlie Coke, Marsh. Because yeah. his name, first name Charles Off Neil. I can't Chucky. believe that his first name is that. Anyway, they were both searching for fossils. Okay, in Nebraska, Colorado, Wyoming, in all these rich bone beds. Okay, bone yeah. beds. That sounds like a good thing. Uh, and each of them used underhanded methods to try to outcompete each other in the field. Okay, so they were bribing, right. thieving, destroying each other's Pouring, bones, doing attacking cocaine. the others. <laughs> I Jeez. don't know. Like, maybe that they were like grinding really up fun, dinosaur actually. bones and sniffing them. Yeah, who knows oh, what they were doing? That sounds crazy. Um, Why but would you they do were, that? They were basically they hated each other. They were these bitter rivals. Okay, right. And they they raced to publish new dinosaurs okay but they were all kind of frankenstein's monsters you know because they didn't really know what they were doing and they a lot of them were fake so what they would do is they would just get any old bones out the ground that were jumbled together and shove them all back together to try and build like you know it, it would be like make it be like lego you know and so i feel like at the best of times that's what um you know dinosaur bones are because how do they know like it's crazy how do they know where the the bits go like, if well, I like, found a bunch of bones in the ground, I would never be able to piece them together. I mean, bearing in mind, I'm not actually trained in this field whatsoever, but still. Clearly, you're not trained. The fact is that if you look, for example, if you Google gorilla skeleton versus human skeleton, you'll see there's like an enormous amount of similarity there. You know, almost, you know, 90, I think 99% of our genetic structure is shared or more, like 997 so, right. you know, the fact is that we are very, very, very similar to uh, the great apes. And it's reflected in the skeleton. If you look at sometimes these skeletons, it's sometimes hard to even tell the difference. But certainly in certain parts. So 
um, what you have is an idea of what bones do what based on their size. So the femur is obviously yeah. a weight-bearing <laughs> it's bone. Always back to the okay. femur. The femur. And I think we need to. I think we need to pronounce it properly too, because like if you just say femur, it doesn't do it a lot of justice. I think we have to call it the femur. This very I think femur. That better. But yeah, surely that has better. to have an e on the end. Never mind. We're not going to get into grammatical discussions about this stuff, too. We've got no. enough Do to talk QI about. Do QI elves ever um, cover, like, grammaticals and stuff, or not really? I'd like it's to. Not, not really I don't sort of think thing. it's one of their main things. But but certainly, if it's interesting, then I think they probably yeah. have. I'm sure Stephen Fry loves it. So anything grammatical they can get in there, probably he just has a hard-on instantly for. Uh, nice. I do like Stephen Fry, though. So, actually, he's left QI yeah. now. It's now Sandy Toxvig going to be presenting it from now on. And uh, Gary Drinkacoke, or whatever his name is. Gary Drinkacoke. Oh, no, he's, 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 um, he's busy doing the bone dinosaur, wars. Dinosaur boy. <laughs> he's boning it up. So, it's yeah. just like polishing bones. Having a lot a of the... They published 142 new dinosaurs or something combined, but, like, almost all of them, only 30, 32 of them are actually valid. Because the rest of them right. were just 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 made up, you know. They they'd put like three dinosaurs worth of bones together and make this horrific monster. Chuck away all the extra skulls they got left over, you know. And um, you know, and this is because they were so busy trying to have like a competition rather than actually taking science seriously. And I think and that's a lesson to everybody. If you're in the field of science, don't have a competition. Stay true to the ideals of science well i think one of the ones which was very much sorry go i was ignoring you because i was trying to find this out what did you just say i, I wasn't even paying <laughs> attention true, to what i was saying stay true sorry. to the ideals of what are you saying <laughs> a velociraptor anymore. that is definitely real yes you can okay. have that one. A tyrannosaurus rex that is a real dinosaur yes they, were, they were ankylosaurus real. Ankylosaurus. I mean, that's the one with the the with um, the big ball at the end of his tail. Yeah, I think that ball one tail. is real. Yeah. Okay. That one what about Astegosaurus? Sure, that's definitely real. That's got those big plates. Okay, you're getting what the good ones. What about a, a bron Brontosaurus? Now that one is not right. real. That is one of okay. the bullshit ones. Now that is one which was studied, found by by Charles Marsh, and was initially bollocks um because right. it didn't because it was like it was too big it didn't make sense he'd done it wrong but right. i think that very recently they came back and did a version of it which was probably all right um okay well so they just did it, like it a got, revision of the brontosaurus it, yeah it got kind of version two of it or whatever it got revised but apparently it wasn't because it, 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 when I was do, read about this first, like a few years back, it was all this big controversy. But now I think they've settled on it actually being not as bad uh, as. What about thought. a pterodactyl? I think that's a real one again. I think the pterodactyl is it a good example of one of the dinosaurs which survived the apocalypse, kind of, or, or didn't necessarily oh. survive, but but basically modern. Birds. It flew into space. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! 
that's how it that's how it avoided that's how it avoided all of the catastrophe that was happening on the planet it just flew into space just chilled up there for a bit it's like yeah no problem came back down when everything was fine and uh to this day of course you can hear the terrifying screech of the pterodactyl in our skies just go outside there you'll hear it (laughs) 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 the ocean is very very big and yes very unexplored but the areas of the ocean that are unexplored are very very deep and therefore they're very very dark no light can get down to these areas of the ocean which limits no, the amount that's of why that you need a there. submersible but there what's the deepest like a human-made submersible can go because there's a lot of pressure obviously the deeper you go um and i think that the deepest that you could go is like 20 feet or something before shit starts to really hit the fan well and i think then, you have to ask james cameron about that you know yeah he, he was, knows he loves to go because he of course discovered the wreck of the titanic that's right and that was well the titanic like the wreck of the titanic is pretty deep though right like they I even had some he, trouble getting again i don't think he discovered it i think he he went and looked around it um, did he? Because he liked, I don't know if he, he ever did that. You know, he's, I think you he, know, he made a movie. Did, didn't he? <laughs> no, I think he, he fucking didn't. James Cameron. James Cameron went didn't. famously as was like a submarine explorer. Shut explorer. up. He was. He wishes. He fucking wishes. He fucking was Sips. I wasn't even joking. <laughs> You're joking, right? I'm not joking. He well, went... it's a funny joke anyway, because, I mean, James Cameron... This is the same guy that made Angel, the TV series Angel, right? Yeah. No way that he's been in a submarine before, okay? He fucking went to, like, the bottom of the Atlantic <laughs> or something. He, be- he had some dumbass fucking project that he had, and no, he was in I it. Think, okay, I think we can agree that he has worked on a couple of dumbass projects before, but he's not been to the bottom of the sea. There's no fucking way. Hang on. Deep sea dives. Okay, on March the 7th, 2012, Challenger took the Cameron took the deep sea Challenger to the bottom of the New Britain Trench in a five mile deep solo dive. He went five miles down. I take it all back. That's how fucking deep it is. So he spent more than three hours exploring the ocean floor before returning to the surface. He's the first person to accomplish a trip solo. Uh, There were unmanned dives, blah, blah, blah. He made a 3D film during his trip. Uh, He collected new. Oh, yeah. he, He discovered. A new species of sea cucumber, squid worm, giant single-celled amoeba, which are exciting oh, finds due to the harshness can. of the environment. So there you go. So basically, he fucking it's, would. It's it's so deep down there that only two yeah. there's only two ways to survive. Obviously, first thing it's very yeah. very high pressure. Um, you know that way number the, one be James Cameron, <laughs> and way number two <laughs> discover a new. A breed of sea cucumber. No, if you were uh, under this, that deep in the ocean, okay, there's only two ways to survive. One is to have energy sources dropping down from above. So, like, like things die, or or like, like a fish is eating some food, but it drops it and it sinks. So, some scavengers can survive in the dark by eating the detritus that has dropped down into the dark. Okay. The other way to survive in the dark at the bottom of there is with some sort of either artificial light source or artificial energy source in some way. So, for example, there are some hydrothermal vents in the sea, uh, a little bit like um, hot springs on land, pumping out heat and 
and usually things like sulfur. Um, and some yeah. sulfur-based life forms have been found, I think they're called extremophiles. So these kind of things that could live in extreme conditions. So it's unlikely... So do you think Cameron found one of these things and, and that's how he was successful? He found a vent and he just like, you know, hovered above it or whatever. And it's like, hey, fuck you, nature. I've done it. <laughs> no, Cameron I think... wins. <laughs> For a start, I think he's a vegan, right? And second, he obviously did it after Titanic. So he wouldn't have been able to do this ridiculous thing without like the money that he made from From Titanic, stuff. yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he's a, an expert on deep sea exploration stuff because he, he I think because he did the abyss trim, but that was his original. That's ruined my success. whole day. Yeah, he's had some really good movies, actually. It's true. Um, that's ruined my whole day, though, because I mean? wanted him to just be good at making a couple of movies and not do other things. Like I had him pigeonholed big time as right. just like a Cameron, stay in your box, all right? Just stick to the movies. Stick to what you're good at. All right, we don't want any more deep sea diving or like fucking space walks or whatever is next for you. Just can it, okay? He made a we film don't... in 1981 called Piranha 2, The Spawning. <laughs> Can you nice. believe it? And then they were like, well, this is so good. We're going to have you do a direct Terminator 2 Judge- Terminator and Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Ter- Terminator 2 Judgment Day. I'll tell you what, because he also directed uh, Aliens, which was the second Alien movie, which was arguably the best in the trilogy. So Cameron has this ability to come in mid-trilogy and make a good movie. How does he do it? He's, he's, unique, he's a unique man. He did direct he's the first a unique dude. Terminator, by the way. Not just, didn't did just he do the first one too? Yeah, he did. Oh, I thought he just came in out of he nowhere. He wrote it like, as well. Who's this... Fucking little Jimmy here, little Jimmy Cameron out of nowhere, with this fucking blockbuster movie, Guns N' Roses on the soundtrack. The <laughs> Who are you doing an impression of there? I don't sound like some movie guy, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> movie guy. It's like a stock movie yeah. guy. Joe I'm, movie I'm guy. in charge of movies here at Movie Corp. <laughs> anyway, right. I got a bombshell to drop on you. What about Team Destiny's? Dialed instead of child. We can make a we can make a theme song around that. Actually, you know, Destiny's, remember that. Well, yeah, remember that Destiny's Child song. We'd have to be Destiny's Dialed though, because it's the only way for the DD to fit. Destiny's um, Dialed, like you mean, like dialing the phone. Sure. People don't anyway, really dial it. It could be anymore. like a tribute band to Destiny's Child, but check it out, okay? You know, remember that song? I think it's the Charlie's Angels um, song. It's like these the watch that I'm wearing. I bought it, but like we can we can customize all that to like our own story. So like for instance, this garage I'm sitting in, I bought it. <laughs> These games I'm playing, I bought them. Do you got any, any others? This pizza I'm eating, I bought it. You know, it's just like uh, you know, you want to make sure that you everybody know knows that. This tea that I drink it, I made it. I guess they did. <laughs> oh make yeah, it. you could you could actually mix it up. Yeah, this tea I'm brewing, I made it. This garage I'm sitting in, I bought it. I cleaned <laughs> really, it. I cleaned it. No, it's not very clean though. This is the thing. It's fucking really? comfy though, man. How yeah, is it? It's like a mess already. The ultimate man cave. Well, oh. actually, I did clean it up a little bit, but then it got messy again. It's just the way that it goes. Like. I need somebody to come in and clean it on the regular, but 
I don't really have anyone that can do it. So, you know, that may be something to think about for the future, you know? It's a little cool. little job opening. Excited. Yeah, maybe it's something you'd like to do. Bring your bubble over, hook up with some uh, hot single mums, and uh, clean my garage. Okay. On the regular. I'll bring the um, the rubber shampoo. gloves. The floor shampoo. Yeah, shampoo. So we talked a little bit about all sorts of stuff recently. Don't tell me you Do you dead. remember the movie Gremlins? No. Okay. Yeah, well, this I might watched not it at Christmas so- like when I was a kid. I think that And that do you know who me. directed that movie? Uh, it was Joe you're Dante. Gonna be, no, you're going to be fucking surprised at who actually directed the movie Gremlins. Well, because I didn't realize. I watched it yesterday. It's Joe, Joe uh, Dante. It it's not here. Joe Dante. Close, though. It is none other than Stefan Spielbergo. The one and only gremlins motherfucker can you believe it not according to wikipedia yeah what does wikipedia know all right i saw with my own eyes <laughs> steven spielberg presents gremlins oh he presents it that's like yeah. saying that's like having the fucking a ghost written it's like saying oh jordan's autobiography oh, I know. you know you say this jordan. you say all this but we both know that Steven Spielberg isn't just going to sit idly by and present something without getting into that director's chair without and getting doing a good the magic. wad of cash. Without doing a good amount of by. direction. He's no. going to get in there. He's going to be like, listen, Joe DiMaggio, I know that this is your film, but I'm Steven Spielberg, <laughs> world-renowned director. And I think that I have a thing or two that I could offer to the production of this Movie, why don't you just step aside a minute? Let me sit down and let me let me do this for a second. And the you know the guy was just like, oh, well, Stephen, I I think the thing is is Gremlins is of course a uh, a period piece that I really want to make sure we you know we 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 really embrace the values of the Gremlin Society. And Stephen's like, Joe, shut the fuck up a minute, okay? Let, oh now let God. me sit down in this director's chair. And um and that's when the magic happened. I don't know exactly what. It is that happened because, like a professional chef, Steven Spielberg um, does, does that thing with his hand where he hides from your vision what he's actually doing. Okay. Because um, it's secret. It's like a trick of the trade. It's drugs. And um, and then he he pulled it out of the bag, or his ass. And um, and there's the story of Gremlins. Well, how it you became know what? So popular, so big, because Steven Spielberg knows how to direct a movie. And Joe Piscopone, or whatever his name was, the guy you mentioned that you thought did it, right. doesn't. Well, and, that, and Steven recognized that early on, and that's what made it such a big hit. Okay. Just got rid of the other guy. Here's the, here's the deal. The story wasn't originally intended to be filmed at all until <clears> Spielberg <throat> took an interest in turning it into a film. Uh, he bought it See? and then hired... Yeah. Joe Dante as the director because of his previous experience with horror comedy. Okay. Spielberg has a cameo in the film as a man riding a recumbent bicycle. A recum- That's one of those bicycles that has like a lean... I don't remember lean- seeing him in it, actually. Okay. Um, blah, blah, blah. Apparently, uh, instead of Stripe, instead of Stripe being a Mogwai who becomes a Gremlin, there was originally no Mogwai named Stripe. Rather, Gizmo was supposed to turn into Stripe the Gremlin. However, Spielberg wanted to keep Gizmo cute um, and want him. Remember how the film. awful it was when they would go in the water? 
Remember yeah. when they went in the swimming pool and they started turning into the bad ones? And it was like, oh my god. That was amazing, wasn't it? No, it wasn't. It was petrifying. Did you watch it with your kid? No. Oh, okay. He was like, he was in and out of the room sort of thing, but not fully watching it. And then we stopped watching it, like, when it started to get really intense because, you know, I don't want him to get scared. <laughs> it was a... It was a horror comedy, definitely. It was a bit. It was definitely a spookier film. I remember uh, as a kid. It was a, one of the spookiest. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't like it. Yeah, but I remember. Um, you know, we were watching it, and it was like fucking Spielberg. I can't believe it. What has this guy not done? Show me a movie that Spielberg hasn't had a hand in. Like this guy, seriously, his, <laughs> his contribution to film over the past like a hundred years has been crazy. Just go easy, sips. What? Go easy. I know you're a fan. Well, oh God, might as well. I just want to show my respect to, you know, arguably the biggest talent in the biz. Do you want to know something else about Four Spielberg? Four billion but, yeah. dollars. I'm not surprised. You know why? Why? Listen, this is crazy, okay? George Lucas, when he was making Star Wars in the first place, they were doing the, you know, they were putting it together and it it was scheduled for release and at the same time Spielberg was wor- was working on um, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yeah. So Lucas and Spielberg are like pretty good friends and um, you know they'd I'm, happen by each other's sets. You I'm know, already from time taking to time. this story with a pinch of salt as if it's no like, no no you can look it up <laughs> as if it's, you look it up on Wikipedia or whatever an old sipsy classic anyway. and just make it up off the top of head no no I'm it's not no, it no. this is this is this a hundred percent true okay okay so so Star Wars is just like wrapping up and they've shown it to like the executives at 20th Century Fox or whatever and you know they showed them the version where they didn't have the special effects in so they had like. Um, you know, a shopping cart for the Millennium Falcon and stuff, and all this like old World War II plane footage, like okay. for the dogfighting scenes and stuff. Right. And Spielberg is at this, and everybody was like, oh, George, I don't know, like, are you on crack or something? This looks pretty bad. You know, what have we paid for here? Star Wars going to be pretty dumb. And Mr. Spielberg Pepsi comes Cola up to him. Was like, yeah, I yeah, don't know Mr. About Pepsi this, Gola and Gary Coke drinker were like, George. You're fucking crazy, man. And anyway, Spielberg says to George Lucas, like, fuck, this is going to be huge, by the way. George Lucas like, no, nah, I don't think so. And, uh, you know, they're at the set of Close Encounters of the Third Kind, and George Lucas is like, no, I think this is going to, like, kill Star Wars at the box office. And Steven Spielberg's like, no way, George. Like, start, this is going to be humongous, trust me. So he's like, all right, well, fine. You know, I'm... I'm about to release this movie. It's going to flop. I'm probably going to lose everything because I've poured like all of my heart and soul and finances into it. He's like, why don't you give me like 2% of Close Encounters of the Third Kind so that I have some sort of insurance, you know, after it all goes goes wrong or whatever. And in return, I'll give you 2% of Star Wars uh, because I know that it's just going to be like terrible or whatever. So... Steven Spielberg's like, yeah, okay, fine. That sounds like a good deal to me. And so George Lucas is like, okay, great. Well, at least, you know, I know that Steven Spielberg's movie is going to be amazing and stuff's going to do really well. So at least I'll have some money after, like, this all goes fucking down the crapper. So Star Wars releases. George Lucas is on vacation in Hawaii with his wife at the time. Totally forgot that it was even being released that night because he was so disappointed and thought it was just going to be a train wreck or whatever. 
Um, and then they start watching the news and everybody's like losing their shit about Star Wars and stuff and going crazy and it's become this big phenomenon and everything. And it was actually released uh, to like 35 theaters originally, but they had to re-release it later on because it was so popular. So they re-released it again and it made millions and stuff. And to this day, Steven Spielberg still owns 2% of Star Wars. I don't believe it. I fucking tell you. It's true. Oh my god! It um, might be more than two percent, even. I seem to remember two percent, but it could be more. So there you go. Let's Fucking see. Spielberg actually has—he owns some of Star Wars, and Disney's acquisition of Star Wars only covered digital distribution as well. So like, um, of some of the other movies or whatever. So like, still like physical sales of Star Wars and stuff. I think Lucas or Spielberg or a couple of other people may still profit from oh my god you're right 2.5 percent they each they each um trade on it yeah but but close encounters made like 300 million at the box office i know that was his insurance right but then he just like he doubled up because i think they both did incredibly well though off the back of those movies yeah and then they went on to do indiana jones together remember they were like holy shit george steven I love you, man. I love you, too. We made so much money. What do you want to do next? Fucking let's get Harrison Ford in again. And this time, let's give him a whip and see what happens. I think he's the true genius behind these things. So I watched an episode of Star Wars. Uh, Star Wars, Star Trek. Okay. I watched an episode yeah. of Star Trek. What, the next when, generation? Yeah. Uh, it was a really early episode. And it was an episode where Wesley got Q Q was involved and he basically gave everyone on the Enterprise everything they ever wanted okay so he gave Worf like a really aggressive (laughs) Klingon woman he made (laughs) yeah (laughs) he gave made Data a human you know he equivalent or whatever and he um, because that's always what Data Data's like the Pinocchio of Star Trek and um, I want to be a real boy (laughs) I want to be I want to feel Tasha Yard touch me I want to feel what it is to be a man and they, 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 in the show, they had this moment where Wesley Crusher grew up, okay? And they <laughs> oh, obviously yeah. cast this actor who was like a Hollywood bodybuilder model guy. He was like six foot five. He was absolutely <laughs> gorgeous, you know? And yeah. then obviously we know what he turned into because he's Will Wheaton, you know, this... Um, <laughs> yeah. Who I, I'm not the biggest fan of, but... He's not. <laughs> he's kind of. Do you know what I mean? He's not like a bodybuilder. He's not like what Star no. Trek envisioned him to be. Or, I mean, it's got to be said, Lewis. Neither are you. So I don't know. I mean, <laughs> or are you? Are you one? What do you mean? I'm not going to grow up into like Arnold Schwarzenegger, am I? I'm just saying. So so basically, there's this thing in Hollywood though where they tend to like cast someone who looks a bit similar to that person you could so you could sort of yeah, imagine like that they're a younger actor. or an older version of them sometimes they get it really off right and you just i mean they do that in porn as it. well with stunt cocks they try to find somebody with a penis that resembles yours so that you can have a bit of downtime in between all that fucking what are you talking about it's like a, <laughs> i thought we were talking about like stunt doubles and then i started started talking about stunt cocks how do what are stunt cocks though? I didn't think they were. It's like I a, didn't think it's it was like what a you just said. Cock, yeah, but like because you've been at it all day, hammering away. 
you need a little break. So they get somebody with a very similar penis to your own. In, oh! And then they do the close-up shots of your dick. Um, but it's not your dick. Somebody oh, else's like, dick so, that so looks like So you could like have the dick. same thing for women, though, like stunt boobs. Because I think in Game of Kinda, Thrones... but... You know, in the Game of Thrones, where there's that, yeah. uh, where she has to walk naked through the whole of King's Landing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't spoil it. I mean, that that's a pretty big spoiler. Is a big spoiler, but uh, I mean, it, it's the new season's coming out like pretty soon. So tough is it, shit. You know does what? It matter? Tough yeah. shit, right? If you're that far yeah, behind with right. Game of Thrones, fuck you. <laughs> On the topic of. Not just crusher, but a crush. And I mean, it's a pretty typical thing to to talk about, isn't it? Because I think every guy who watched Star Trek The Next Generation had a crush on Deanna Troy. But whilst I did appreciate Deanna Troy's um, boobs. Ample. Ample boobs. Um, yeah. I also had a bit of a crush on Beverly Picard. Crusher as well. Oh, did you? I, I don't know why. Yeah, it was really weird. It was like it's, an awkward uh, one. No, where it was like, you know what? I would let her give me medical attention. And I'd be pretty happy with that too. I don't I know don't, what it was. I don't think I ever had a crush on on old Dr. Crusher. No, definitely no? not. No. She's too much I mean, of a mum. I mean, Picard mom. did. Picard Yeah, maybe did. that's but the he thing was though. Like a maybe, granddad. Some people like that. People like that, the mum thing, don't they? Well, that's when not you're to a granddad, that that actually, you do yeah I, I well think picard people... needed a uh like a you know he could have had deanna troy as well it's gotta be said you know there was <laughs> there were times when i'm sure that picard could have just turned around and been like deanna suck me off <laughs> she would my just quarters been like, 10 minutes <laughs> my quarters yeah but um yeah i don't know i just think that like i think that deanna troy gets like all the attention when i think beverly crusher was like Engage. you know yeah. Engage blowjob. She's, she's <laughs> engaged. What blowjob? Engage. <laughs> uh, Beverly, you're gonna have to do that warp nine. I have other things to do today. Please. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Jesus. Uh, shit. Um. So anyway. Um. But yeah, I think that I think people should actually consider Beverly Crusher as a alternative to Deanna Troy, you know? I mean, as a source, Deanna Troy can only be used so many times before you think, I need something new. I need something fresh. I need something exciting. And that excitement is Beverly Crusher doing the doctor bit on my balls. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> what? What? Jesus, the... That's what? such a uh, so sorry. Now I just zoned out for a second there. Um, yeah, you were but yeah, I about love Beverly, weren't you? I, I thinking about old Bev. I think it's to do. I think that as a twelve-year-old watching Star getting Trek, getting her medical six, apparatus out. Yeah, were you? I mean, you couldn't have ever envisioned that. That was just a crush, right? It couldn't have ever been like a relationship. They could have. It just wouldn't have worked. You know. No, she I, I wasn't was interested in having a relationship with Beverly doctor. Crusher at the time. Okay, what? I was. You know, I was becoming a man at the time. I was going through puberty. There's a lot of confusing thoughts going through my mind. But one thing I did know for sure was that, you know what? Beverly Crusher is a contender alongside Deanna Troy. Okay. And also Who else, the other one that the, Dana for me, used to be in love it with. It was uh, Dana Scully. 
Okay. Dana Scully. Nice. Uh, She's back. Isn't there like a new X-Files? I saw people talking about this on Twitter, I think. uh, It's like a new X-Files. Is it out It's got the same. I don't know. It might be out then. I don't know. But I'll man, probably watch I, it I think in like three years' big, time or whatever. But or... man, I used to watch X Files a lot. Actually, it was fucking yeah. good. So, who else did you have a crush on from TV? Princess Leia in this in the metal bikini, oh, which God is everybody, sakes. everybody who grew up um, around that time when those but there's movies only like, were coming out. There's only like five minutes of that in all history. <laughs> that was enough. Okay, we didn't okay. have anything else back then. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> That's um, all you had. Well, who else? I'm trying to think. Who else was like? I mean, Star Trek. I used to watch Star Trek. I used to watch a lot of cartoons, and like, I don't know. They didn't really make like, not like nowadays, where like nerds obsess over like cartoon girls and stuff. You didn't really have that so much. Like, I don't remember any of that anyway. It's like newer cartoons. I guess they make like, you know. People I just in don't the know cartoons, who you're, you're they try possibly... to make them kind of sexy or whatever, but like it's that's never really worked for me. I've always been more like, you know, Deanna Troy. <laughs> Not so much Dana Scully. I got. I mean, say. your obsession with Deanna Troy is bordering on the on the worrying. I must admit. Well, you say that. I mean, I think that there's somebody else that you should be a little bit more worried about when it comes to obsessions with Deanna Troy, and his name is Jordy LaForge, and I'm pretty sure he actually <laughs> attempted to sexually assault her in the holodeck. <laughs> At one point. <laughs> I've mentioned this a couple of times. It was a really creepy episode of The Next Generation where um, he was like, he was just perving hard. Deanna Troy actually walked into the holodeck while he was in there one time and saw herself. And she's like, Jordy, what are you doing? And he's like, Deanna, no! I don't want you to see me like this! He had his visor off and everything. Fuck, it was crazy. I I can't remember watching that specific one. There are some ridiculous episodes, but there was an episode where Geordi had a problem with the engine, so he created a hologram of uh, the chief engine design engineer, right, who was this really hot woman. (laughs) Right. Okay. And he got all, like... He got all steamy with her. Yeah, where he was pervin' on her. That's right. right that's and the one. Oh, about I'm confused. It wasn't a, Deanna Troy. A season later, okay, yeah. she actually visits the ship for she, real. She visits the ship. She's like, Jordy, I've got a six-month-old baby now. Jordy's like, no, not my baby. No, but obviously she doesn't know anything about this, okay? And she's, like, totally the opposite of the hologram. She's, like, totally, like, off of him and hates him and stuff. Anyway, yeah. um, she discovers that he's got this hologram program about her. And it is really sinister, actually. It is, it almost is sinister. Like, I remember feeling really uncomfortable watching that like whole someone, episode. It's like you, you saw this girl, like just a picture of her, and then you drew, you built this entire sort of sketchbook and this entire yeah. re, like 3D I know, it's almost like, like you the next generation... The next generation predicted Reddit like before it actually happened. Exactly, it, it really nuts. did, and um, it was like he was totally perved on her Facebook and stuff, getting all of her info and all of her deets, yeah, and implementing yeah. It into his real Doing doll fantasy, smoothing. basically. Yeah, and then she comes along, she f- walks in on it, right, and yeah. she's like, and she's oh my like, god, mortified. I'm horrified. And it turns out she's married. Oh, it's the worst. It's the worst. Poor Geordie. Yeah. Yeah, he had a bad, he had a bad one. But they became friends at the end. For some reason, for some reason, I don't remember that. He managed I, to yeah. logic her out of it, which I don't think would ever, 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 ever happen. You know what it was? He would. You know have what he been did? He, he guilted fired. her. He guilted what? her. He was like, 
I can't see. <laughs> Love me. <laughs> uh, and then she's like, oh, Jordy, you know, I've got a thing for blind guys. Blind uh, engineers who have to wear hairbands on their face. <laughs> see? <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.